If people are impeding your development, you sacrifice your relationship with them. It's a very, very rough rule. Let's say you're miserable and unhappy. Okay, here's a cure. Find what's valuable and let it go. So we could say, well, maybe it's a relationship that you have. Maybe it's a relationship with your parents, right? And the relationship is pathological, but you're locked into it. You value it. And no wonder, because it's a relationship with your parents. And you're suffering terribly because of it. Well, what do you do? Maybe you let it go. It's a sacrifice. And the idea is that, well, that'll clear the future for you. Well, very frequently when people are suffering terribly, not always, because sometimes you just suffer stupidly, blindly, and without recourse, you know? You get cancer, and then you die. So we have no idea how to deal with that. But sometimes the reason that you're suffering is because you just won't let go of the thing that's biting you. And I've had clients like this. I can't stop communicating with my mother who phones me three times a day, every day of my life, and never says anything that isn't unbelievably critical and demeaning. I can't let that go. That's not such a good idea. The funny thing too, often when people let something like that go, it goes away, sorts itself out, and then comes back. So they don't even end up losing it. But unless they're willing to let it go, to sacrifice it, they make no headway whatsoever. And I'm not saying I'm a great man, but I'm telling you this here though, I ain't what I was. You might not think all that much of me, but you would if you knew what I was though. If you'd have saw me when I had a severe stuttering problem and I couldn't talk outside my house, you would think much of me if you saw me when I flunked out of school. I'm on my third marriage. You would think a whole lot more of me if you knew me when I was living in that car for three years. Cause see what I, what he turned me into was something I never saw that, I didn't think I'd ever be this. People come to me from everywhere. I meet with kings and queens. I was in Botswana with the president and the first lady of Botswana. Then I met the, the, the crown prince of Abu Dhabi. He came out of his chair at the race to come meet me. You know why he came to meet me? Just simply because of my gift. I make people laugh. It put me in the presence of great men. That's what my gift has done for me. That's what your gift will do for you. That scripture is talking about you. Look, man, identify that God-given gift and get to pursuing it. Maybe you're here because you need to hear this here. Maybe you're here because you need to dust off your dreams. Maybe you need to explore your imagination. Maybe you just need to identify your gift so you can quit tripping in your own life trying to figure out what you can do. There was this statement, I think it was Pascal, he said, you know, all of man's problems arise because he cannot sit by himself in a room for 30 minutes alone. Mm. And it's very true. I always needed to be stimulated. And when the iPhone came along, boredom was dead. I would never yeah. be bored again. I, even if I'm standing in line, I'm on my iPhone. And I thought it was great. And when I was a kid, I used to try and overclock my brain. Be like, how many thoughts can I think at once? The answer is only one. But I would try to like, think multiple thoughts at once. And I was yeah. proud of that. I was proud that my brain was always running. This engine was always moving. And it's a disease. It's actually the road to misery. And now that I'm older, I realize like you actually want to, again, rest your mind. You want to learn how to settle into your mind. Now, I look forward to solitary confinement. You leave me alone for a day, it'll be like the happiest day I've had in a while. Mm. Uh, and, and that is a superpower that I think everybody can attain. The superpower of learning to be alone and enjoying it. Yeah. 
as much as you want people to agree and you want the people around you to be supporting your dreams and all, it's not going to be like that all the time. You got to do it alone. And people will help you. And when you when you get the ball rolling, people will jump on. But if you don't believe, nobody else is going to believe. People come along because your belief is so insane that your belief is so strong that makes people be like, "Yo, this crazy." Yeah. Following your dreams is a lonely, solitary, scary, dangerous pursuit. You can't wait for somebody to think you can do it because mm -hmm. they don't think you can do nothing. They can't do. It's a lonely, scary dangerous pursuit and you got to be willing to risk everything to become that seed of what you believe you be fearless. is in there. Mm -hmm. You got to be, be fearless. fearless. You got to be relentless. You have a lots of reasons to be. God, there's reasons to be resentful about your existence. Everyone you know is going to die. You know, you too. And there's going to be a fair bit of pain along the way and lots of it's going to be unfair. It's like, yeah, no wonder you're resentful. It's like act it out and see what happens. You make everything you're complaining about infinitely worse. There's this idea that hell is a bottomless pit, and that's because no matter how bad it is, some stupid son of a like you could figure out a way to make it a lot worse. So you think, well, what do you do about that? Well, you accept it. That's what life is like. It's suffering. That's what the religious people have always said. Life is suffering. Yes. Well, who wants to admit that? Well, just think about it. Well, so what do you do in the face of that suffering? Try to reduce it. Start with yourself. What good are you? Get yourself together for Christ's sake so that when your father dies, you're not whining away in a corner and you can help plan the funeral and you can stand up solidly so that people can rely on you. That's better. Don't be a damn victim. Of course you're a victim. Put yourself together. And then maybe if you put yourself together, you know how to do that. You know what's wrong with you, if you'll admit it. You know there's a few things you could like polish up a little bit that you might even be able to manage in your insufficient present condition. And so you might shine yourself up a little bit and then your eyes will be a little more open. And then you can shine yourself up a little bit more and then maybe you could bring your family together instead of having them be the hateful, spiteful, neurotic, infighting batch that you're like doomed to spend Christmas with. So then you fix yourself up a little bit, kind of humbly, because, you know, God, you're a fixer-upper if there ever was one. And then you got to figure out, well, can you figure out how to make peace with your idiot brother? And probably not, because he's just as dumb as you. So the, how the hell are you going to manage that? And so then you, maybe you get somewhere that way and your family's sort of functioning and you find out, well, that kind of relieved a little bit of suffering, although it reduced the opportunities for spiteful revenge. And that's kind of a pain in the neck. And so, then you get your family together a little bit and you're a little clued in then, at least a bit, because you've done something difficult that's actually difficult. You're a little wiser and so then maybe you could put a tentative finger out beyond the family and try to change some little thing without wrecking it. It's like, our society is complex and we teach our students that they could just fix it. It's like, go fix a military helicopter and see how far you get with that. It's like, you're going to get a do. You're like a chimp with a wrench. Whack. Oh, look, it's better. It's like, no, it's not better. Things are complicated and to fix things is really hard. And you have to be like a, a golden tool to fix things. And you're not. And that's the other message of the West. It's like, how do you overcome the suffering of, the, of life? And I'm not saying it's only the message of the West. How do you overcome the suffering of life? Is be a better person. 
That's how you do it. Well, that's hard. It takes responsibility. And I think, you know, if you said to someone, you want to have a meaningful life? Everything you do matters. That's the definition of a meaningful life. But everything you do matters. So you're going to have to carry that with you. I get, you know, worried sometimes. I get these yeah. feelings. And so what I decided to do was create a 90 second rule for myself where I would end suffering as it arises. Because anybody tells you you're going to end suffering is full of crap. The reason is your brain is a two million year old brain. It's not designed to make you happy. It's designed to make you survive. But there's no saber tooth tiger for you to react to anymore. So now we worry about what are people thinking of us? Do I have enough money? Over the last two years, what I've done is play this little 90 second rule. And if I feel tension in me, I go, okay, that's suffering. Where's it coming from? What am I stressed about? What am I concerned about? And what I immediately do is I realize the stressful thought. What I really do now is I dig in and I notice that the only time you have stress or suffer is when you believe a stressful thought.